0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Keep It Quirky, a podcast where I talk with creatives and entrepreneurs in the food and travel space who make their dreams happen. I'm Katie Quinn, and I'm stoked to share this episode with you. It's an interview with Maxine Thompson. She's the woman behind Polka Pants. She's a chef, and she's becoming a fashion icon for her industry-rattling bespoke chef's pants for women. And really, they're not just for women chefs. They're for women who do anything that involves movement. Um, They're comfortable and sexy and fun. I'm excited for you guys to meet Maxine in just a minute. But first, I wanna say thank you to all of you who've been listening to the first handful of episodes and an especially big thanks to those of you who have left reviews on iTunes. The comments are thoughtful and just really make me so happy. Um, So thank you. If you haven't left a review and you dig what you hear, um, consider taking a moment to leave a review. It helps other people find this podcast in the crazy sea of podcasts that's out there now. Also, um, I'm still perfecting the audio here, so hang in with me because I got a new setup. In a few episodes, the audio quality will improve, you'll hear. Um, If any of you are audio mavericks out there, shoot me a note on Twitter at QKD or Instagram, at QKD and let me know which setup you prefer. Right now, I'm using the Rode USB mic. Um, I also have a Zoom H4n. And the times when my track sounds a little distant in like the last episode and maybe sometimes in this upcoming episode, it's because I was using an older Rode mic, which I am no longer using. So again, bear with me. Audio quality will continue to improve. If you're not aware, March is Women's History Month. And earlier this month, on March 8th, was International Women's Day. This episode with Maxine just had to come out this month because to me, she is like the very definition of a lady rock star. I think it's really important for women to have other women to look up to. So real quick, before we get into the interview with Maxine, I thought I'd share some special ladies in my life, personally, professionally, the whole gamut of mentorship. Some of them I know, some of them I don't know. (laughs) So I'll start personally um, with my mom. She is an eye doctor. She and my dad own a small business together and they check the eyes of just about every person I know from my hometown. She's also an artist, she sketches gorgeously. Um, And my mom is a master gardener. There are months of the year where you can, um, if you can't find her, you know that she's in her garden, sweating, garden gloves on, dirt all over, um, planting, and tending to her gorgeous flowers and vegetable gardens. She's also an outstanding bread baker, and that takes real skill if you've ever tried to bake bread. She also volunteers for a lot of really worthy causes. She's on the hospital board, and one of her really big passions is female reproductive rights and um, the ability of family planning to improve lives. Um, She's volunteered for Planned Parenthood for years, and I'm so, so proud of her, and she is one of my major life Mentors. On a more professional basis, uh, would be Amanda Hesser and Meryl Stubbs. These are the outstanding businesswomen behind the food and e commerce website Food52. I met them many years ago. Um, First, I met Amanda backstage at NBC's Today Show where I was working, and then later Meryl, I met her through Amanda after they launched Food52. I've created videos with them and for Food52 throughout the years, and I am just in awe of their journey, and I am such a fan of their work, and I am thrilled that they are the kind of people who will respond to my emails when I email them. Um, And so here's a female mentor who doesn't know I exist, but that's okay. I'm happy to read her books and watch her take over the world from afar. I'm talking about the writer Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She wrote Americana, which is one of my all-time favorite books, Half a Yellow Sun, Purple Hibiscus, and other books, as well as short reads like We Should All Be Feminists, which completely demystifies and de that word. This is not to alienate you dudes out there listening. You'll want to stick around too for Maxine's episode. Um, I just felt it important to acknowledge uh, the, this month since I am a woman. <laughs> In just under two years, Maxine Thompson has grown polka pants into a recognized brand that's getting much deserved attention. In this episode, she talks about how she kind of stumbled into this, um, but then also the strategy that was involved in providing and developing a product that was much needed in the culinary industry. She talks about how she stays sane and she offers her tips like a little technology band time and going out dancing with friends. As you'll hear, Maxine is from Australia, and I loved editing this episode because I just love her accent. Here's a little taste. How you doing? I'm good. How are you
1: going? Doing great. Going great. Going great. I know. How are you going? Anyways, getting get in trouble for that. Is that, that's an Australian yeah, thing. Yeah, it is. I'm trying so hard to beat it out of me, but I
0: think it's just getting worse. <laughs> and I already told you about what Maxine does, but I'll let her explain. Here's the interview. Hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation.
1: So I founded a company called Polka Pants, so we make tailored chef trousers for women. Um, It started off as chef trousers, but now we're kind of not rebranding, but Making it's more for women who work in hospitality or any sort of practical occupation where you need comfortable trousers. We only do trousers at the moment. Um that's it. Just make one product and do it really well. You
0: were telling me that a good friend of yours who's a wedding photographer, which is also a very on your feet,
1: you know, yeah. hands on kind of thing, that she swears by them. She her swears by them, yeah. Wedding photographers, we've got food photographers and food stylists and a lot of ceramicists. Oh cool. Um, because it's one of those things, like, you know, any job You know, unless you have a specific, you know, work, you know, corporate attire that you have to wear. I think, you know, in the whole relaxed culture and everyone being, you know, a lot more flexible with the standards of dress in uh, workplaces, you get can end up wearing exactly the same thing every day. So if you buy a pair of jeans, you wear them out on a Friday night, you wear them to work on Monday, and so there's never any like differentiation in your wardrobe. So polka pants kind of provides the gap, so you can still have a nice pair of trousers that are flattering and look nice, but you kind of only want to wear them to work. I wear mine out, but that's because I just wear them all the time because I don't own anything else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> brand representative, <laughs> Be the brand. <laughs>
1: Be the brand.
0: I love it. With polka pants, yeah. mm-hmm. you are filling a void. Like, I... I cannot believe that it has not occurred to other people to make tailored chef's trousers for women.
1: Yeah, I thought that as well when I started thinking about it and researching. I was like, how has this never been done before? There's a few companies that make them but not specifically for women and not specifically for chefs and they're still really gross. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, when you say it to anybody who knows about the industry, who's worked in the industry, they're like, oh, of course. Why didn't I think of that? Of course there's a need for that. And, like, people who don't work in the industry, it takes them a little bit longer (laughs) but they finally clock onto it as well.
0: So when I was in culinary school, and for any of you listening who have worked at a restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know that the chef's pants that you wear... Are baggy and um, like do not make you feel good in your body. I'm not comfortable. They're not comfortable. And like I would always trip on mine. Actually, mine were too long though. That was just yeah. an issue with hemming for my.
1: <laughs> oh no! But you, then you roll them up, but then they keep rolling, like falling, like the unrolling, and then you trip over them. And it's yeah, I had I had to do the same. Yeah. Or you put them up so high that you don't even have to wear a bra because they're so big that you can just do the waistband up underneath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) tell me about the moment or the time that it
0: occurred to you oh this is something that's needed and I can do something about it
1: yeah well I was working um I went to culinary school in America and then in New York at what's it called now ICC it was called FCI when I went there and then I moved back to Australia and went from New York to a tiny town called Tasmania because I hated myself (laughs) (laughs) and was working in a really beautiful restaurant um It was, we worked six days a week and it was a 10 course tasting menu that changed every day. So it was a really hot kitchen and it was like open plan kitchen as well. So people could see what we're doing. And there was only three of us and I had bought like some generic chef trousers, I think on the way to my trial. And so I was just wearing those and I was like, these are awful. And like, people can see me in this. And obviously having studied fashion design, I kind of care about my appearance and, like, you know, it's a stupid thing to care about in a kitchen, but I feel like if I look at least half decent, then I'm probably going to cook better. So I was just like, what (laughs) is going on? And so I tried to, I bought, like, trousers, you know, from ASOS or high street stores. I tried cooking in, like, high-waisted tight jeans and some trousers I would scrub the stove down at the end of the night and all the dye from the fabric would bleed all over my chef whites. So I had all these chef whites with just, like, black stains all over them. So I just thought that, you know... You know, it was ludicrous that I couldn't find anything. So having been to fashion school before my culinary school, (laughs) I couldn't sew and cut patterns. Um, So on my days off, I started making patterns and trousers and testing them in the kitchens and just made myself a couple of pairs. And I was like, oh, thank God, this is so much better. And I continued working at the restaurant for about another six months, but sort of had this idea in the back of my head and started doing a lot of researching And then I moved to London and, yeah, started doing more market research into it.
0: You not only have a fashion degree, as you mentioned, and a culinary
1: degree, you also have a business degree. Yeah, it's the only day away that my dad, the only way he let me go to art school was to do a business degree with it. So I did a... Fashion degree, a bachelor of fine arts in fashion design and business majoring in management, which I love, and it's come in so much like it's come in handy now, manage, like having my own business and managing people. Um, so I, yeah, thanks, I, Dad. I,
0: I, yeah. <laughs> I love you. So chronologically speaking, <laughs> Australia, yeah.
1: fashion, New York. Worked in fashion. I worked for Chanel for a little while. Whoa. Um, my sisters and I at that time were writing a cookbook just to make things more confusing. Oh my! God. And it was about to come out, and none of us were. Trying trained chefs at that point and I was miserable at my job and so I kind of put my hand up to go to culinary school so that the book could have a bit more street cred. Wow. And... Get out of my job and still stay in New York because I didn't want to leave. So I had to figure out a way to get sponsored, like get a visa somehow.
0: Years later, then you moved to London and, and yeah, so launched a yeah, business. Yeah,
1: from New York back to Australia for not long oh, right. okay. nine months. Tasmania, bit. <laughs> yeah, nine That's months. Right, okay. <laughs> and then to London about four years ago.
0: You have managed to take all of the skills and interests that you have that are seemingly pretty disparate business, yeah. fashion, food. And you really have combined them all in the most necessary mm. and, um, successful way yeah that's
1: so cool like I just I, getting I just love your story so much and it's good because I've got to meet a whole bunch of incredible women like yourself yeah. just through polka pants can
0: I just say to that the female in food community here in London is
1: exceptional yeah and exceptionally welcoming it's, it's amazing because I kind of like you I moved here and I like I lived in Bristol years ago like 10 years ago so I had some friends but in terms of like the food community because I was a different person like interest wise that I was like when I was 18 like so really into food and wine now and my friends from those days aren't really so I moved to London and didn't really have anybody to go out to restaurants with or talk about nerd no out about food to and through polka pants I now have like Endless females <laughs> to talk about it too, which is wonderful. And males as well. But yeah, made like some of my best girlfriends here I don't wouldn't have found through polka pants without polka pants. So that's fantastic. It's just really why I did it, so I can meet cool girls. Just meet cool friends. Yeah, I mean here and around the world as well. How did you land on the name polka pants? This is gonna I'm gonna try and make this as short and concise as possible. <laughs> so when I was at fashion school, we one of our final projects for the business fashion thing is we had to make a project, a store. So me and the five, the five other girls and I who did the double degree, um, made a store where we got other young designers to sell things. And so I was in charge of the staff management. So I had to train everybody and write all the manuals and everything. But for the launch party, I made myself a pair of high-waisted white trousers with big black polka dots. Um, Pretty, very similar to the ones that are polka pants today. And I took them with me when I moved to New York and wore them while I I did a few private chef jobs. And so whenever I was cooking in New York, I wore these trousers and they were so comfortable. And then I always kept them with me and I had, I'd made like multiple pairs of them because they kept falling apart because I just wore them every day. And then when I moved back to Tasmania, I still had the pair in my cupboard and so they were one of the ones that I drafted the first pattern off to make polka pants um and so the name kind of plays homage to all of the things in my life that have arrived made me arrive at forming polka pants
0: (laughs) that's and it is conveniently very catchy yeah (laughs) what's it like to run a business
1: really hard (laughs) really hard um and really stressful and Yeah. Just when you think you're getting ahead, like in terms of anything, in terms of like goals or finances or anything, you're like, oh yeah, no, I forgot about that invoice for £2,000. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pay it. And then you find a way. It's really hard, but I really love it. And I have, yeah, very supportive like friends and family and people like a lot of people have been there before and you know just it's you just ask questions and people are always so happy to share the problems that they've had and how they've overcome them and stuff as well who are your mentors um i speak a lot i had i stayed with um erin from ovenly when i was out in new york and i met those girls when i was in new york like 12 years ago when they were just starting ovenly i actually did some baking for them um when they were in a big warehouse like Adam Redhook before they even had a bakery. They were just doing production wholesale stuff. Um, And so to watch them grow from what they have been then into what they are today, and they're the most inspiring businesswomen and just a wealth of knowledge. And so whenever I have questions or concerns, Erin and Agatha are awesome to talk to. And also Ellen Bennett from Headley & Bennett. Oh, my gosh, yeah. She's yeah I kind of she's like what I only hope that polka pants can be because you know she's the same age as me she started the company from this about for the same reasons that I started polka pants like she was a line cook couldn't find any apron um, that you know met the requirements of what she needed and so she started making them and now she has you know a huge in-house production studio where she pays everybody health care and above minimum wage and she's just an absolute powerhouse she's awesome but she's wonderful as well I met her at the Cherry Bomb Jubilee oh, and nice. I have her phone number and send her text messages and emails and she's so helpful always and it always takes the time to respond. That's incredible. So it's really like lovely having those women who have come you know, from the same position and worked and look at where they are today.
0: I think it's so important for women to have female role models yeah. and whether you're lucky enough to know them
1: and talk with them or even just seeing that a woman has done something exactly. awesome of course it goes without saying the Cherry Bomb girls like Carrie yeah. and what they've done for like the female food community and everything they're just like and also so supportive of me they're just wonderful well, Maxine
0: and I met um, I think the first time we really hung out was at a um, boozy brunch with Carrie Diamond that went throughout Cher- 10 <laughs> hours <laughs> all on like a sunny beautiful <laughs> Sunday in London yeah it was great um, Carrie Diamond was there of Cherry Bomb Melissa Hemsley was there. Um, that was such a fun hang. I think that was maybe the first time when I was right. like, all right, I think you am cool been to London. London about three weeks. I, I was very new. I think, yeah, I think it was less than a month. But You're yeah. right. Um, and I was like, all right, all right. London's pretty great. cool. Great <laughs> and then after that, um, the next time I saw you was when you were one of London's Top Young Chefs, um, and you had a dinner party at Borough Market.
1: Yeah, it was part of a dinner series run curated by um, Natalia Ribby, who does Ladies of Restaurants. Um, And so she kind of put together four... Um, chefs to do a takeover once once every weekend for a month in June so I kind of kicked it off it was to tie in with London Food Month of which is June um, and so I kicked it off which was terrifying <laughs> you killed it <laughs> yeah well I'd never cooked in London before on my own and I was like oh no if I've screwed up everyone's going to think I'm a phony because I've <laughs> started Chef Trousers for Women and I can't cook <laughs> no
0: it was incredible it was so every course was amazing
1: the um the f- rice, what, how how did you prepare that rice? How- it was like a sushi rice cut yeah. into squares and then fried on all sides. Yeah, it was it's- like <laughs> such a surprisingly amazing thing. It was meat. Yeah, because like, it, yeah, it was quite sweet and salty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, rare beef. Yes. And the pasta dish that I think freaked everybody out. <laughs> it was my favorite thing on the menu. It had a dashi, dashi and yeah, then yeah. Uh, bonito flakes. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was fantastic. And then the dish
0: that. I've thought about many a time since that (laughs) evening. It was your deep-fried olive oil ice cream. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us about that dish.
1: That is, I hadn't made it really before then, I don't think. I just kind of had it back in my memory because it was when like, growing up in Australia, we kind of lived, you know, 15 minutes from the beach, but one of our best friends lived right on the beach and we'd get up and go surfing all day. And I think I was about 13. And there was this like really funny uh, Chinese restaurant, not funny, a little, really sweet Chinese restaurant, like 15 minutes from their beach house. And it was the first place where we were allowed as like 13 year olds to go out and have dinner on our own. So we thought we well, were like super sophisticated eating spring rolls and drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> so <laughs> (laughs) 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 with like so sunburnt, but one of the things that they had on the menu uh for dessert was deep fried ice cream and so it just reminds me of you know a really happy time my child I mean my childhood was very happy but you know summer days were just like long and don't have to go to school and really sunburnt, hanging out with your mates going surfing (laughs) eating ice cream and I don't
0: have that kind of nostalgia (laughs) rolled up in these and I still love them I think they're delicious um so actually you guys Maxine is showing me how to make this recipe On my YouTube channel So I'll be sure to link to that In the show notes I want to go back to Your business Right Mm -hmm. So polka pants Yeah It's It's awesome And it's getting so much more
1: exposure And it's like Blowing up is it just you? Do you have any... Do you have a team? It's uh, it's just me. And then I have two wonderful girls who work for me part-time. So one who does all of my marketing for me and fancy Facebook ads and puts <laughs> widgets in things that I don't understand. <laughs> oh, widgets, yes. um, and she's great. Her and I actually went to fashion school together and I would be so lost without her. <laughs> so she's been working with me for, since like the beginning of the year. And then I've just employed another... Girl to come on, um, who can speak about seventeen languages, and she's yeah, wonderful. She's but to bring her on more as like help me with like production and product development and that sort of thing. So it's exciting. It feels it's nice to go into the studio and well, one day a week, two days a week, and have somebody else there rather than just being on your own. Because yeah. you know sometimes when it's just you, I because I deal with all the customer service stuff, obviously, and all the shipping and packaging. Sometimes you can spend. You know, six hours doing that yeah. and not actually get anything done, and also you just drive yourself insane. So it's nice to have some like fresh meat in the office to yeah. down, bounce some ideas off. Totally, And just like social interaction. Yeah. Um. So I've just yeah. So it's the three of us now. My my twin sister helps me do all the website stuff because she's wonderful. Um. And then obviously my parents for support and guidance when I call crying, being like, <laughs> "What am I doing with my life?". Oh, yeah, because yeah, they've done it. They. have of their own company years ago um, and so they kind of know what I'm going through and so they're very happy to let me make my own mistakes and guide me when I'm about to make really big ones so I don't make them. <laughs> so
0: are your parents... Um, small business owners together?
1: They were, yeah, they don't, they're retired now, okay. but they were together, which was quite testing on their relationship, I mm-hmm. think, at times.
0: So I'm fascinated by this because both of my parents are small business owners yeah. together. They're both eye doctors and they yeah. have a little practice mm-hmm. in a small town in Ohio. And they're such amazing partners, professionally and life partners, but absolutely it's it's trying on a relationship. Mm-hmm. But both my brother and I are now also entrepreneurs. Um, and I can't help but wonder, at least, if it's because of well, mom and dad. Yeah,
1: I think so. We have, well, I'm one of three girls and all of us work for ourselves. Wow. My dad always laughs. He's just like, yes, Thompsons we are not good at working for other people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we've all tried it and now we're all self-employed. You
0: spend a lot of time, obviously, doing everything that needs to be done for polka pants, but you still love cooking and you still do i mean obviously this borough
1: market dinner that we just talked about but you still do chef gigs yeah i'd like i'd like to do more pop-ups and hopefully you know polka pants is growing and hopefully next year my grand plan is to move into a space where we can have our office and also a facility to help other girls have spaces to cook if they want to and do pop-ups and cooking classes and stuff but that's further down the line um but yeah i do still cook um A, being a small business owner is expensive and living in London is expensive. So it's nice. I I still have a few private clients um, that I cook for. And I just love cooking so much that I wouldn't ever really want to give it up full time. So would you consider yourself a creative? Yeah, I guess I think that you have to be. I don't think you can, unless you're like one of those guys that sits around Silicon Valley thinking of ways to like make money. I don't think that you can really come up with something if you're not creative, I don't know, and I guess all the industries that I've ever worked in have, you know, creative, right, right. How fashion, you, food. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, um, how do you find inspiration? Mm, just through people, other people, I guess. They're the biggest inspiration, like people that you meet, or people that you see on the street, just looking around. Like I walk around a lot, and like I run around a lot, and I think. That's nice. It's a good thing to do. Just like, I don't know, we always laugh about it. Just look up.
0: Yes. I I mean, so many of us are looking at our smartphones. Yeah.
1: Um, Just, yeah, taking... I think also, again, it's really hard when you're so deep in your own business that you don't have time to kind of step back and reflect and see actually what you've done. But I think sometimes you know, taking that step out and looking at that and see what you've done uh, can be the biggest inspiration as well. Cause you're like, well, I've made it this far mm-hmm. and I haven't killed myself or anyone else yet. Yes. <laughs> so I can probably make it a little bit further and give yourself a pat on the back Exactly. take that moment.
0: Yeah. What would you tell someone who wants to do something like what you've done? What, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: You're going to cry a lot. <laughs> um, do just really, really understand your market. Like, you know, understand your competitors, what else is out there, if there's an actual need for your product, because it's all great, like, you know, if you've got an idea for, like, the best something in the world, but if it already exists, then maybe you can do it, but what's going to be different about your product? And just you make sure that all, of, you know, I guess the values and, and the ethics in your product are aligned with the ones that you believe in, because you can't really create something that's fake or that you don't believe in it won't get very far
0: do you sell worldwide yeah Nice. Global, I mean, worldwide. I mean, you are from Australia, living in London, <laughs> and like a ton of your is in New York. So yeah, we do. I think
1: everybody. I mean, I'm guilty also. But reading things on websites, people are like, oh, but they don't. They must just ship in London. No, we ship everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot to America, a lot to Australia, and a lot here. But we're gonna yeah do global pop ups next year, hopefully. Wow. How do you, Maxine Thompson, <laughs> keep it quirky?
0: Um
1: like to go out dancing <laughs> generally I'm quite clumsy and a bit of an idiot I generally make the fool a fool of myself quite a lot um I try yeah I don't know and you know I think it's like you or you're like you if you work for yourself you generally tend to work for 24 hours a day but I think it's really important that you do have times where you just keep it to yourself to not do that stuff, to like, sit in the bath with a mud mask or, like, get drunk or go dancing or do other things that you enjoy that's not work, I think. Just remember to have time to just, like, chill out. Right,
0: so <laughs> with with people like you who find a way to make what you enjoy also what you do,
1: Yeah. how do you differentiate that? It is... It's hard. It's really hard. And sometimes, I think, because with polka pants, a lot of... <gasps> What I have to do is to go out and be seen in restaurants and talk to people. And sometimes, like, one of the things I do enjoy to keep it quirky is go out for dinner and drink wine. But unfortunately, sometimes that also can feel like work for me because... A lot of the restaurants I go to, I do and I see people and end up talking to people and that sort of thing. And so sometimes that can be quite blurry. So I tend to make my friends cook me dinner <laughs> or like go somewhere where hopefully I know that I won't know anybody. <laughs> right, because otherwise then it's networking. Yeah, yeah. I think also like it sounds stupid to say it, but like technology ban helps you switch off from work things
0: yes so do you do a self-imposed technology I do
1: I'm not one of those people that like oh but no phone after like 9 p.m. or anything but I do like I sleep with my phone on flight mode because I'm like well I'm sleeping you know I've got family all around the world and customers all around the world so my phone goes off the whole of the night so I sleep with it on flight mode so it generally as soon as I get into bed I put it on flight mode and in the mornings I try, I don't do it all the time I try and like get up and either go for a run or have a cup of tea or have a shower before I switch my phone on just have, a, just have a little minute to myself. I love that. But if it's Saturday morning and I'm hungover in bed, I would <laughs> definitely switch my phone on before I get out of bed. Sure, <laughs> there are exceptions. That's so great. What, a, what an awesome sanity saving. Yeah, I try to. I probably, it probably happens like four days a week. <laughs> well, where can people find polka pants? You can find them online at polkapants.com. Um, that's got the full range and all shipping info and everything else you need to know. Um, we now have a stockist. A stockist. If you live in London, it's called Kitchen Provisions on Church Street. Um, they're wonderful. They sharpen your knives. They've got loads of stuff from other like local London artisans and makers and now polka pants.
0: Maxine Thompson <laughs> of polka Pants. thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you, Katie
1: Quinn of no. Keep It Quirky. No. <laughs> Thanks so
0: much for listening, everyone. I'm Katie Quinn. I produce, host, and edit this podcast. My brother, Brian Quinn, wrote the theme song you hear. As always, keep it quirky, and I'll see you back here next week.